Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Matt Report. As always, your host, Matt, and special episode today, uh, what I'm dubbing the, dubbing the primer uh, to our web design and web series uh, coming up on The Matt Report. Uh, and this is a blog post that I did called How to Reverse Engineer Your Competition in 10 Minutes. And what I did is I picked somebody who's who I'm extremely competitive with, not just in themes, but in beards, right? Beards and flannel-wearing T-shirts, uh, meet Nate Wright. Nate, welcome to the program. Hi. Uh, we, uh, this is our second go round because the first go round of this, I forgot to hit record and, uh, we're going to do it right this time. <laughs> so thanks for taking the time, uh, and coming, yep. coming back. Uh, as everyone knows, this is the WordPress podcast for digital business owners. If you're running a business on WordPress, this is the place for you. Stay in touch. MattReport.com slash subscribe. And like I said, the story arc coming up for this season is all about web design and web redesign. And what I do when I'm going into a project is I do some research. And that is the genesis of this discussion. Um, and I'll do some research by, like I said, reverse engineering my competition or my client's competition or just something that has a similar, uh, you know, something similar in our uh, in our path. So, uh, Nate, before we get into the details of how I sort of dissected your website, give uh, folks the two-minute drill of who you are and what you do. Uh, yeah. Hey, I'm Nate. Uh, I run Theme of the Crop, which is a sort of plugins and themes shop for specifically for restaurants, cafes, and bars serving that niche. That's about it. Awesome. And Basically, to give folks the gist of things, of if they haven't read the blog post, uh, that'll s certainly be linked up in the show notes here. But I have this little workflow that I do. It takes about 10 minutes. Uh, if you're doing it for the first time, it might take you 25, half an hour. But once you get into it, you, uh, you, you can really fly with it. And I'm, I'm using data that's freely available through some Google searches, through some other free and, and premium services. Um, and some actually offer both. So it's, that's a good thing. Uh, and basically, it gives myself uh, a, a way to build a competitor board, right? And in this example here, I use Trello, another free service to kind of collect these competitors or similar sites and kind of bucket them into a list so that I can use for, you know, hey, let's let's keep tabs on what Nate's doing. Um, and let's maybe kind of look at his marketing plan compared to our marketing plan. And how can we find these little uh, advantages? It's not about, you know... It's not any black hat uh, SEO tactics going on here. This is stuff that's just freely available and saying, hey, what, what is my competitor doing? Um, and let's kind of uh, find the different uh, areas that we can compete in. So step one was just Googling the basics, right? And going and just Googling theme of the crop and kind of coming up and finding the different social profiles, right? Um, Nate, when we first discussed this, you know, maybe give folks the primer, you know, are, are you really diving into this SEO stuff every single day or, or are you sort of just, hey, this is the back burner stuff and my SEO and my Google ranking, it sort of is what it is. I haven't really tried anything, but are you really pushing that forward uh, in this coming year? Uh, in the coming year, uh, well, yeah, in the coming year, I plan to sort of redo my website and put a greater emphasis on that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. At the moment, I wouldn't say there's a huge emphasis, um, particularly, you know, I think there's loads I could do better about, uh, you know, the individual theme and plug-in pages mm -hmm. uh, and getting them to rank better. Um, the only place where I really put a lot of energy into SEO on my site is in the content marketing I do. Mm -hmm. uh, 
Uh, and even then, like, I, I feel like a novice. I don't really know, like, the the hardcore sort of, yeah, I know exactly what I'm aiming for. <laughs> yeah, I, mostly, I mostly just kind of pick out, like, phrases. You know, I will do a little bit of keyword research, but I'll mostly just pick out sort of phrases where I think, you know, this is something somebody might search for. Uh, and then I'll try and make sure that that's in the right tags in the right places, you know? Sure. Uh, I think when we originally uh, did this episode, we talked about if you had done any sort of basic Google searches for your competition, um, especially in the WordPress restaurant theme space uh, or plugin space, did you do any basic Google searches um, like I have outlined in step one, or did you just sort of launch and, hey, we'll, we'll see what we get as we go? I mean, I definitely launched and said, we'll see what we get as we go. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I launched very much that way. You know, I even launched before I had a, like a full payment system up. You know, I started just with a quick Shopify thing. And then a couple weeks later, when I got my stuff, my uh, like own payment system set up, I launched at that and, and everything. Um, but yeah, I would say over the, ne the six months that followed, I started to sort of look into what else was out there. Um, and that sort of thing. But it definitely wasn't anything organized or guided like, like you're doing. Um, sure. In many ways, it was just kind of figuring out what the landscape looked like. Um, uh, you know, and, and, you know, there aren't really any specific direct competitors where I did like a really, where I actually looked into in detail like you've done. Mm -hmm. uh, because there aren't any other shops that are doing sort of exactly what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, you know, to be frank, my only real direct competitor is is in that last column that you put up you know the people i'll never beat and that's that's theme forest um and you know i guess woo themes has a couple restaurant themes i think um elegant themes has one but for the most part you know the only other real place you can go to get restaurant themes is is theme forest so um, I don't have a lot of direct competition in that sense. Sure. The um, Just for folks listening to the podcast, in the article, there's a screenshot of my Trello board that I built uh, for this example. And I sort of categorize competition into four uh, categories, right? So I do a direct competitor, which is somebody who's doing something you know, exactly like me. Uh, and that is not Nate in this instance. Um, but that would be somebody who has maybe some kind of builder theme uh, plus builder plugin. I mean, in terms of how uh, I would categorize competition to Slocum themes and conductor plugin. Uh, and then there's a category competitor. And that's where uh, I would label Nate because it'd be somebody that has a, a similar solution that somebody could pick up instead of mine, right? So I have a one of our best selling themes is the modern business theme. It's a general business theme. It could be used for anything, really. It could be used for a restaurant. It could be used for, you know, a tire salesman. Um, so anybody who's in the restaurant category could come to Slocum Themes and say, hmm, I kind of like the, the modern business theme for my restaurant. But then, oh, by the way, if they go to Theme of the Crop, they are going to find targeted specific themes for business, uh, for restaurants with plugins to do specific restaurant functions. Then I would be, uh, you know, if, if the customer put us head to head, uh, one would think if they're running a business, they're going to pick Nate's product over mine. So he's certainly a category competitor. Somebody can both show up on our sites and make a decision one way or the other. Um, then there's an indirect competitor that I outline, and that's something like a, a Design Palette Pro plugin, right? So it's uh, that's a plugin that is specifically for Genesis themes only, and it allows you to change uh, colors and, and, and fonts and sort of layouts uh, of Genesis themes. So that is something that is indirect. It's 
it, it makes enough noise where somebody who's a potential customer could get distracted by that. And that's sort of how I label those. I, I think those are actually just as important as any other competitor because especially in the WordPress world, people get pulled in many directions. There's many tools, there's many plugins to do these things. Um, and if you come to my site and then all of a sudden, oh, what's this, what's this shiny object called Design Palette Pro? And then, <laughs> then you're off over there and then you're finding some theme that's supported by Design Palette Pro and you don't end up buying from me. So that's an indirect competitor. And then what I, there's a fourth column that I sort of made up. It's called the Apple category, right? These are the apples of the world that you'll You'll, you'll be very hard pressed to compete with. And in Nate's space, in my space, that's the theme for us. That's the studio press. Uh, that's the woo themes. Those are the big boys that not only have they been here for, for ages, they have market share, uh, in revenue that, uh, we would be, um, not able to compete with right out of the gate. Uh, but certainly something you can have for a long-term goal. There's nothing to say you can't go up against them and compete against them. It's just going to be much more difficult. Uh, so by the way, Focus on the people uh, and the areas that you can uh, accomplish things in in the beginning. Okay, back to Google. Step mm. one for me is I search. I search. I just do a quick Google search. The little tip I do is I set the site. Um, I set the show results to 100, and I typically do this in a incognito browser, so there's no like cookies or uh, any kind of social graph that's going to uh, influence my search results. So I'll set it to 100. I'll have a nice big list of 100 links and I'll say, I'll see where these folks are, right? So I'll see where Nate's Twitter profile is. I'll see where Nate's uh, website is, of course. I'll see where other articles are being posted. And um, that's one of the ones I want to talk about when, and I think we're going to get to it later on, but one of the links, uh, one of the ideas in this is I want to find good press. I want to find press that my competitor might have. And Nate, you've been featured on a lot of theme review sites for your themes. Um, was that something that you set out to do or did they pick you up along the way? Did you knock on doors and say, hey, review my theme? What was that scenario like for you? Um, definitely definitely knocking on doors. I mean, nothing came to me. Um, sure. Except uh, maybe like in the last month, I feel like my plugins have had a bit of a higher profile, the sort of free restaurant-related plugins I released on the .org repository. Um, but in terms of my themes, no. I mean, it's been entirely, um, you know, I think the first the first one which you highlighted in your um, your initial sort of uh, takedown thing, that was, you know, that was an affiliate marketer who, um, you know, he was just trying, he was experimenting with new ways of, of driving traffic and affiliate commissions. So uh, he did a review of my theme, which which turned out quite quite useful for me. Um, then some other places like Theme Friendly. Uh, which is run by Alex Mansfield, I think. Um, like that's a place where you actually had to submit your theme to get it uh, sort of reviewed in his code review and stuff like that. So definitely, you know, it all comes from sort of going around and banging on people's doors and saying, hey, look at me. In sure. fact, for quite a long time, actually, uh, I would just, every time I saw, and I would go back, you know, a couple of years too, every time I'd see a post, it was like best plugins for restaurants. You know, I'd be contacting the person or I'd be commenting on it or something just to sort of say, hey, I'm out here too, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And one of the things I was sorry, I was just looking at um, the list over at themefriendly.com. Uh, definitely check that out. So one of the things that we're doing here is this is just the initial ground setting. And uh, when you do the Google search, it does sound obvious, but you spend some time and you actually start looking at the links that Google is indexed and you get, you're going to kind of get a feel for uh, 
you know, how much content this person has, how much, um, how many, like I said, press releases are out there for this person, how many backlinks to reviews and uh, other areas where their products are become available. And you really start to look at those links and start to categorize them, uh, which brings us into step two of doing a, a Google site index search, right? And that's simply going to google.com, typing in site colon, and then the domain name of your competitor. And that will show us all of the links that Google has indexed, right? And for me, it's about that number. So am I seeing, you know, 57 pages indexed or am I seeing 5,700 pages indexed? And that's the real quick identifier for me that says, whoa, this person might have a ton of content about restaurants. How would I ever compete against that? Do I want to compete against this, right? Um, it's a great way to see a quick site index uh, for somebody that you're researching. Um, or even if this is like topical related stuff, you can use this workflow for your own content marketing in any kind of vertical. So if you happen to be researching restaurant stuff, you could find a very famous restaurant and kind of use this same kind of reverse engineering workflow to kind of find out where they're creating content, what kind of content inspires their audience and, and kind of, you know, unpack it that way. So let's talk about that real quick and, and the content that you're writing for uh, theme of the crop. What did that, how did that change uh, or how has that changed from the beginning till now? Um, you know, in, in terms of the type of content that you were creating, like what was working for you then that's no longer working for you now and how are you kind of writing that ship? Mm. Well, I, you know, content marketing, I sort of stumbled into, uh, you know, I was, I was basically just doing press releases, nothing else, you know, new versions, that sort of thing. Um, and I kept, like, none of my themes at the moment support a system for online ordering and not WooCommerce or anything like that. And I just, I kept getting emails about that, like, oh, does your theme support it? And I just kept answering it. And so eventually I just said, oh, I'm going to write a post. It's going to answer it. And then when I get the support request, I can just send the link to the, to the post. Um, and I wrote that up and that just turned into like a massive traffic generator for me purely by accident. Um, and even now I think it accounts for something like maybe a quarter of my search engine traffic. Um, and so seeing that success, just, I was like, oh, content marketing is the thing. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so I started doing, you know, just really focusing on a few different types of content. One is the sort of like where I'm trying to pull in vaguely relevant hits. And so that'll be stuff where like, I'll talk about things that can be useful for restaurants in WordPress, like Yelp WordPress plugins or how to get TripAdvisor widgets on your site to show off reviews, you know, kind of stuff that I think. People will be searching for it if they might also be searching for restaurant-related stuff. Um, and nothing's been even remotely as successful as that um, that sort of online orders post that I did originally. But it's definitely picking up over time, and it is starting to generate some some meaningful traffic. Sure. Uh, and yeah. then, yeah, I was just going to say it's it's one of those things as you've learned and I've learned that it's you know it's one out of every ten, one out of every twenty that finally. Uh, you know, sparks the the massive traffic rush, and it's like, man, you weren't even thinking about that. <laughs> like, you didn't even yeah. expect this one to really work, but all of a sudden, it did. It's crazy. Yeah, I did. A, I did one a few months ago where I thought this is like the big one. You know, this will this will bring in tons of stuff, and I like I don't even think it got retweeted by anybody. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember which topic that was? 
it was it's my big one about like how to get a good restaurant website on any budget. So I go from like you have no money to you have a little bit of money to you have a lot of money in a little time or a little money in a lot of time. You know, mm-hmm. I really broke it down quite good, but nobody seemed to pick it up. So I guess that's. What do you think? What do you think the reason is for that? Let's kind of unpack this scenario because I think a lot of WordPress folks kind of struggle with this. Or I mean, really, any kind of business struggles with this is because they're creating content for an audience that's just not there. Um, I'm guilty of it. I mean, again, same thing. Like seventy percent of my content, it's like sometimes I'm like, did I even? Who did I even write this for? Uh, or what? Did, why did I create this video? Like the person who I need to see th- this is not even following me. I, I don't know how to reach them yet. So is it because you've created a piece of content that busy restaurant owners just can't find and they're just not there um, and your main audience are more technical designer developers types? Like, what do you think the reason is? I think it's, I think it, I think, I think it's a good question. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, what I would say is that it's hard for me because I do work at such a low volume that I am very subject to like whim Mm -hmm. you know uh like sometimes i think my tweets land in front of the right eyeballs and they get retweeted and sometimes they don't i feel like there's a lot of randomness in there sure uh, which is also why as you mentioned earlier it's it's kind of the sort of thing you just have to keep banging on about because because sometimes you're going to win and sometimes you're not um but i definitely think there's also a component with especially with that article of you know i tried to write something that was kind of would catch everybody um, and so probably I ended up catching nobody, right. uh, you know, cause I, I tried to sort of say, you know, no matter what your position is, I'll give you advice on sort of what's the best approach. Uh, yeah. And I, and my guess is that, you know, like nobody's looking for, Oh, what will they say in any position? They're looking for like what to do in my position. Uh, right. Right. And that's just my guess, you know, I mean, who knows why at the end of the day, but, um, but yeah, I just, I, I just, it, it must not have spoken to the right people. But I, I also think you're right about sort of that distinction between restaurant managers and designers, developers. You know, the theme marketplace is heavily like small agencies and freelancers who are in the business of looking for something they already know they want. Yeah. Um, so, so that approach I took of saying, you know, here's how to help you get something you might not know you want. Um, might not actually generate that much traffic. Yeah, I, I think another good example for somebody who may even be in a similar situation to you, like like exactly in the same field, like restaurants. I, I I'd imagine a former guest uh, of the Matt Report, Pat Flynn, uh, who's very well known in the in sort of um, the self branded uh, internet marketing world. Even though I hate to say internet marketing world, um, I know he has he he has a course and he might even have an app. Um, specifically geared towards food truck services, right? Mm-hmm. So I would even say that maybe drilling down, like restaurants is a huge, as you know, a huge vertical. It's a huge market. Uh, and if you can drill it down to food trucks, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's tightening that funnel. And then I guess if you could even, if you could even tighten that funnel even more and say like food trucks in California or, you know, food trucks, you know, in some, you know, touristy spot where you know there's going to be a lot of food truck services like universities and things like that, uh, maybe focusing in on that kind of uh, niches is, is something that's a, a benefit. Um, yeah. You just have to be prepared for, 
you know, looking at that market and saying, you know, what's the overall, you know, what's the overall market cap to this? You know, if I focused on just food trucks in California, how far could I take this? Um, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, the next part, step three, what I like to do is once I get a feel for the content, I see the links that are out there. Uh, I want to understand how I can compete uh, on a on a speed level, right? On a how fast this is like a real technical level. Uh, how fast are these pages being indexed? How fast does Google see these pa pages loading? Because and and how fast does the customer experience their website? Because the faster the better, right? Especially in today's world of SEO, it's getting harder and harder to compete. And one of the factors uh, that Google wants to see and our users they want to see fast page load speeds, uh, especially with the rise of mobile. You know, if you're on, you know, a 4G network or something like that, maybe it's not LTE. Sometimes things could can be fairly slow and, and your users are just going to bounce off the page. Uh, but you did a phenomenal job here. Um, all A's, uh, according to my screenshot here using web page test. Uh, there's a bunch of tools that you can use. Um, Pingdom has a great tool. Uh, GT Metrics has a great tool. I like to use web page test um, because I just like the pretty waterfall <laughs> graphic that it spits out and it allows me to kind of see uh, how many images are loading and that kind of thing. Uh, so you did really well. Um, was that intentional? Even though, yeah. I know, even though I know the answer to this, but was, yeah. <laughs> was that intentional? Unpack that one for us. Yeah, no, we had a good laugh about this one last time because I mean, I've, I've act I actually think my site's really unoptimized, at least in terms of its asset load and stuff. And that means like the CSS and JavaScript and image files on it. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely guilty of that sort of like, I put all the effort into products and none into my own. Um, it, you know, my, my site's actually a bit of an embarrassment to me, but I was really happy to see I got, <laughs> I got, I think, I think probably a lot of that had to do with the fact that um, I do have a pretty good server, which I'm lucky I sort of piggyback on a server that my brother owns with liquid which is uh super fast and he pays a lot of money for it so uh, so you know you kind of you you get what you pay for in the server hosting market for sure absolutely you absolutely do <laughs> yeah unless you have a brother but yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um and i think you mentioned it, it you actually host the site in the u.s right Yes, yeah, definitely. I wouldn't, I mean, unless you're deliberately targeting another market, I, I would host there. Unless you're also using a, a good CDN or something, then it doesn't matter. But. Right, right. The, um, uh, the, the, the question that comes to mind uh, with that is, are, you know, are you looking at your target market and saying, oh, most of my customers are coming from the U.S., so I will host in the U.S.? Um, or, you know, are you looking at analytics maybe saying, look, I think I'm getting a lot of purchases actually over here in the UK. Uh, you know, are you, are you starting to look at those analytics at all or, or not really at, at, at this moment? I've definitely looked at it, but I don't like, I don't think the payoff is large enough at the moment for me to invest time and energy into a, a CDN, like sure, the sure. sort of distributed content server setup. Um, but but definitely, like, I don't think the majority of my visits are coming from the U.S., but definitely the largest chunk of them. Got it. Uh, uh, so, so it just, like, by far the largest chunk comes from the U.S., so, so it's is, worth it. Um, is it fair to say that not only does the, tr the large amount of traffic come from the U.S., but also the customers as well, purchasing customers? I don't actually think I've looked at that. Okay. Uh, all I use is Google Analytics, and I don't think I've ever figured out how to, because I just track purchases based on goals, sure. um, Google Analytics. Uh, I don't know if I've figured out a way to 
to actually look at like the origin of, of where the goals are being accomplished. But um, uh, but from my support and stuff, I would definitely say uh, it, I would I would say it's half or less probably. Okay. Um, I get a lot of European buyers. Mm-hmm. Uh, very few, to be honest, outside of uh, the English speaking world in Europe. Got it. Got it. Yeah, we we uh, in terms of our sales, we have a pretty good amount of uh, non-U.S. purchasers, and when I say a pretty good amount, I I might say about thirty percent um, of our sales come worldwide. So it might not just be uh, the European region, but it, uh, we get a lot of um, German, Russian, <laughs> and a few Japanese purchasing. Um, yeah. Uh, over the course of time, and it's really starting starting to be something that I am I am starting to look into. So as, as I dive deeper into this optimization, um, and because we are at a global level, um, you know, really starting to look at how do I optimize uh, our our site and experience, um, not just for the U.S. Uh, so something I'm definitely keeping a, a mind uh, a, an eye, a watchful eye to. One of the things that I found super useful has been Yoast's e-commerce add-on for. Uh, SEO and I, I think I've got that right. Um, I think it's called the e-commerce add-on. Um, just trying to look it up real quick while we're chatting here. And it is WooCommerce, uh, Yoast WooCommerce SEO. Even though I'm not using WooCommerce, I use Easy Digital Downloads. Either way, um, I'll try to find it and put it in the show notes. But it is automatic e-commerce uh, conversion tracking, right? So I happen to use Easy Digital Downloads. Uh, his add-on for his software works seamless, seamlessly with that. It'll actually pull in the product names and report that in my Google Analytics without me having to lift a finger, um, awesome. which is great. So I can see my uh, top-selling, um, you know, themes and plugins uh, throughout the months, and that really helps with our our reporting. Um, and then if we just kind of reverse the the traffic flow, we can kind of see where these purchases are coming from, uh, be it U.S. or around the world. So we, it makes our reporting so so easy for us. Mm, that's definitely worth the price tag. I'll probably be getting. That yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think it might be like thirty bucks or something. I, I off the top of my head, I can't remember. Um, but definitely, definitely worth the time. Not having to go in there and set up all the variables. Um, that said, I just want to take a sidestep real quick because we are operating at a global level, and I don't think you give yourself enough. Uh, I know this isn't the typical WordPress um, sort of, you know, breakdown and in, in, in talking WordPress business with you, but I don't think you give yourself enough credit for uh, the level of sales that you've achieved. Um, and I'm not going to talk about it on air here. We talked about it in private, um, but I think you've done really well for the amount of time um, that you've put into it, right? And I think as you put more effort into your business, it's it's only going to get better for you. Um, and I think that a lot of this stuff... Um, has to do with folks who are thinking about launching a business and they're like, oh boy, how am I ever going to compete against the theme forests and the studio presses of the world? How am I going to compete against Nate? I've got a great restaurant theme, you know, what am I going to do when, when I see theme of the crop out there, you know, you know, kicking ass and taking names, how am I supposed to compete? And I think for those of us who actually just show up (laughs) and do the work, uh, you know, yeah, you're not going to be, you know, the overnight success, but I think getting the ball rolling now is a hundred times better than than not, right? It sounds so it sounds so obvious, but so many of us spin our wheels because we're afraid. We don't know if we should take the leap. Um, 
But then by the time you do take the leap and you then you start to see success, you're like, man, if I started three years ago, it would have been so much better, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, I was very much the same way. I was a perfectionist and everything had to be perfect before right. I did, like anything went public. Um, but then when I worked as a, as a news journalist, you know, like you have to go public at 5 to 6 p.m. every single night. So you sort of get over that that sort of need for everything to be perfect because obviously nothing's going to be perfect by five or six every night. Um, you know, and that really helped me sort of say, okay, I'm, I'm going to put out the best product I can in a reasonable time frame, and then I'm just going to iterate and iterate and iterate and we'll see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, and that, that's a story. And I know, again, we talked off air about that, but that's another story I want to get from you <laughs> at some point because yeah. I think it's just fascinating. Um, all right, we're going to step, uh, keep getting back into the flow here. Step four, this is where I do a head-to-head -head comparison. And I use a tool called SimilarWeb.com. This is where I start to use these kind of free and premium uh, web-based services. Again, what these folks are doing here and, and the next few sets of services is they're just, you know, kind of aggregating this data that's freely available on the web and uh, just kind of making it easier for us to consume, right? So SimilarWeb is a great way to see uh, and again, I don't know where, and we'll actually chat about this real quick. I don't know how accurate these things are. I see that some of them seem to, re like sometimes when I run a report against myself, it seems higher. Sometimes it seems lower. So I'm not really sure, but either way, I'll put my site head to head. And for example, in this screenshot I have in the blog post, uh, you come in at a, at a global rank of 363,000 uh, in the world. I come in at 201,000 in the world. Uh, and in the United States, you're at 253,000. I'm at 106,000. So I kind of use this service to see how we stack up. And the biggest thing that you were crushing me on uh, was the referral links, right? And that's coming from all of these, uh, you know, review sites where folks are picking up either your plugins or your themes and there's, and they're writing great reviews about you, about you. Um, where I was sort of beating you out was the organic SEO marketing because we just, I have somebody dedicated doing that and uh, along with myself. So we, we put a lot of emphasis into content. So let's unpack this real quick. And we kind of already mentioned it before. Uh, did you, back to like knocking on doors and, and writing reviews, is anything else that you've learned from that process uh, or even seeing this report head to head, like what, how that meant to you and like, was it accurate? Did, was it something new to you? Um, let's unpack that one real quick. Yeah, um, it def like uh, we talked about this briefly, it, it's hard to know what they're including in their traffic. Sure. So if, they, if they include like all of my theme demos and stuff, may maybe it is fairly accurate. But otherwise, it seems high for me. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, but yeah, it's definitely completely accurate in terms of the distribution of referral and, and SEO. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of that referral comes through the affiliate marketing um, which was an absolute lifeline early on in the business when I had no search engine traffic, no awareness. Um, probably these sites wouldn't have even been able to find me to rank me. Uh, you know, so so in that sense, uh, both the free plugins and the affiliate marketing has has had it has turned affiliate or referral traffic into a, a big source of of traffic and sales for me. Yeah, the SEO stuff, like I said, you know. Like that one hit early on, but other than that, like it's been growing at a kind of 
like like I think I need a, a screen that's not quite as wide so that it makes the graph look like it's going. <laughs> <laughs> it's really really slowly increasing, but it is increasing, which is which is encouraging. But um, definitely that's a side I need to put more work into. Yeah. Uh, I like similar web for the fact, so I just ran another one uh, while we were chatting, and the, and the number's still the same. Um, this post originally went out. We're doing this podcast on Tuesday, February the 3rd, 2015. I posted this on January 22nd, so a few weeks ago. Um, and similar web still reports the same amount of numbers, um, you know. But what I like about the service is, like, real quickly, I can see, and again, I'm not really releasing any kind of inside baseball here, but uh, United States for you anyways, 37% of your traffic, uh, United Kingdom is, is just about 13%. Um, you know, and your top referring sites uh, are those, uh, those great uh, articles that you had written about you, A-themes, uh, Eve, I think that's Evo WP themes, WP Lift, um, that's a great blog, WP Mayor, another great blog, webdesignerhub.com. Um, so you're getting all of these, all of this traffic. Uh, so kudos to you on that. And um, yeah, that's where you're crushing me. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> Those first two sort of uh, referral links that you mentioned, they're both, these people occupy number two and number three for Google's best restaurant WordPress themes. Right. And these are sort of top 25, you know, top 30, whatever restaurant WordPress themes list that, that go out there. Um, so yeah, that's why, I mean, that's a huge source of traffic for me and, and they'd be up at number one, except that of course, ThemeForest is there. So, um, the, the interesting question is, do, are you running any conversion, uh, goals for that, for the, for that incoming traffic? Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and it's quite easy cause I have to, you know, I have to pay commissions every time. They, oh, that's right. Yeah. Obviously I have a pretty good sense of, um, and I would say even now, it definitely varies, um, actually to a surprising degree, it varies month to month. Um, sometimes, like I'll get a really steady flow of traffic from an affiliate and then I'll get a rush of sales and then it'll be empty for a while. Yeah. Uh, but I would say that on average, I'm getting maybe 30, 20 to 30% of my sales yep. from affiliate, but it's definitely going down. Like I can see as that uh, search engine traffic increases, the proportion of sales I'm getting from affiliates is going down, which is nice. Sure. Other number isn't. <laughs> no. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that we have to all, you know, the, I mean, the, again, the, the WordPress digital product space, it's, 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 it blows my mind because one, it's still growing and it just means it's getting even more competitive. It's getting even more options available to our customers out there. There's the whole debate of like GPL. So, I mean, anybody can pick, scoop up your stuff and, and run with it. And I see people do it with other plugins all the time. And it's just like, you know, it becomes one of these businesses where brand recognition, uh, authority in the space, um, and just like, blood, sweat, and tears <laughs> really is what's going to take, uh, you know, to make these companies, you know, unless you're doing things so robotically that you don't even give a damn and you're just like pushing AdWords and you're trying to make like 3% margin uh, and everything runs like it's the matrix. Um, you know, it's just, I, I just can't see it uh, other, I can't see anybody being successful in a WordPress business than putting out a good damn product and standing behind it, right? At the end of the day, for me, that's what it takes to do it. Um, I don't think there's any kind of, you know, silver bullet uh, or formula that you can take to make something really rock in the WordPress world, right? Um, yeah, I think I think what's interesting is, you know, you can you can have your formulas and you can play the game and and you know get your search, get get whatever going, 
But it just takes one algorithm change for all your work to be destroyed. You know? Absolutely. Real lasting business value that you create is your reputation and brand awareness. Yep. Uh, and, you know, I mean, obviously things can happen that can destroy that too. But right. you know, <laughs> yeah. have more control over that. Yeah. You have more control over yourself than you do an affiliate's blog post. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, step number five, link diving. And again, we, we sort of hit, a, hit on this, but basically what I'm doing with step number five is I'm using a website called Ahrefs. And it allows me to see the backlinks uh, and inbound links to a, uh, a competitor's site. And it allowed me to say, you know, can I also get these links? And uh, or am, do I have the right links? Uh, how is my competitor getting their anchor tags or, you know, for a non-technical term, like uh, how are they being referenced when they're being linked? Are they, is somebody linking to you as Nate Wright or are they linking to you as theme of the crop or are they linking to you as best uh, WordPress or restaurant themes for WordPress? Like what are those those anchor tags and can I compete in this space? Um, and I like to look at even the higher level domains like, and it might not apply to you, but for me, when I'm looking at business themes, I'm looking at, you know, are these places getting links back from like government sites um, or, you know, dot orgs versus dot coms. Uh, and it allows me to kind of understand where these themes are being used in, in bigger industries. So be it government or ED, like dot edu. So we do a lot in the educational space for client services. Um, and some of our themes have been purchased by dot edu holders. And we've been able to turn that turn that theme that you know $59 theme into a $5,000 project um, down the line I mean very few and far between but it still affords us that kind of ability to uh, find a higher ranking domain which is a better paying customer all around and turn a $59 sale into a $5,000 sale so that's great stuff um, there's no real need to spend any time um, breaking this down unless you saw some data here that was interesting to you on, on backlinking and any other strategies that you might be employing uh, on this, on the backlinking stuff. No, I mean, I think this is one of the hardest things in the WordPress space, particularly yeah. for new businesses, because uh, you mentioned earlier sort of like the, I think when you were talking about indirect competitors, like the noise factor, Sure, it's so big in the WordPress space, it's really hard to get other places to cover you. Um, uh, so, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's just the, that's something that you kind of have to pursue from day one, but you won't have a lot of luck with. Yeah. One of the things that we're starting to explore now is, um, so our model for the, for the theme business anyway is freemium, right? So we release all of our premium themes as free themes with lesser options. And of course, no real premium support on WordPress.org. And our themes aren't, you know, anywhere near like you know, the, the responsive theme or anything like that uh, it, that has, you know, a million five downloads or whatever. But we've got a, a fairly good base of maybe 300 to 350,000 installs across our six themes and um, six or seven themes. So nothing remarkable, but a good enough base where we have millions of backlinks that come back to our site. And one of the th and some of the th themes that <laughs> are being used for spammy sites, right? Uh, Non-English speaking spam sites uh, that are just linking things out and now we're starting to take a, a close look to this like do we even want to have our slug our link back to the bottom uh in the bottom of our theme back to our website right not just for the technical um not just for like the technical seo reasons but we've had people 
lose their domain. Like here's a, here's a perfect example, right? So we'll get a phone call, you know, four o'clock on a Friday when we're all ready to head out of the office and go to the bar. <laughs> uh, we'll get a phone call from somebody who is saying, you guys took over my website. Uh, I need you to give me back my website. Why did you take over my website? And we immediately know, because we've had this like a handful, if not a dozen times, where somebody let their domain expire and somebody who took over their domain installed one of our themes. And because it says theme by Slocum Studios or Slocum Themes, whatever it says at the bottom, they'll re research our company, find our phone number and call us thinking that we're the ones that took over their site. Yeah. Which is, you know, not the case. So now that we're seeing an uprise of spam sites and maybe phishing sites, um, for whatever reason they like our, you know, clean and simple themes <laughs> to do this with, um, we get these phone calls and, and I'm starting to think, boy, back to that reputation economy thing. Do I even want my name at the bottom of this if people are going to use that? So, you know, I'm toying with it in my head. Like I got to be careful of, of where my sites are being used, where my themes are being used. Um, any thoughts, yeah. any thoughts on that? Uh, I mean, well, what, what I thought that Google had made a change a while ago whereby you could be penalized. Um, you know, there was that article about uh, negative SEO. Right. I can't remember who, who did it. Um, but, you know, if Google decides that your link is on a whole bunch of completely irrelevant sites, they might determine them to be spammy and therefore uh, sort of negatively rank you. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I worked for a while for my brother who had a site that had loads of, of comment spam um, on it. You know, we're talking back to like maybe even before the 2000s, wow. uh, like really old. Um, and it was hilarious because after this change came in, we just got flooded with emails from people saying, oh, I don't know how my link got on your site. It's like, <laughs> you paid a spammer to put it there. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so I, I would think... I mean, I don't know because I'm not an SEO expert, and I might be completely misunderstanding how it works. Um, but yeah, definitely, uh, I I feel like value of a link is probably greater than quantity to mm. some degree. Um, although I shouldn't be giving out SEO advice. <laughs> <laughs> that's no, but that's a great way. I I love that. That's a great way to say it. That's definitely definitely something that's on our mind. Yeah. Uh, I managed to get a link to my site from CSS Tricks, which um, if you're not a developer, you might not know, it, but it's a pretty massive um, it is. Uh, site for the for front-end developers. So, I mean, I feel, I feel like in my, I, I put a mark in Google Analytics, and I feel like I could see quite a sudden increase in, in search engine traffic. Um, so I feel like, you know, high-ranking sites are so valuable mm -hmm. that, that that's almost worth chasing more than a whole bunch of low-ranking sites. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the last of the mix that I use, step number six, is I, I use a site real quick called buzzsumo.com, and it's uh, it's probably the most aggressive of you have to pay to see a lot of the data because I think it might only share uh, three or four uh, free results. But buzzsumo is a great way to kind of see where... Uh, your competitor's content is being shared the most and if not see the, the most shared piece of content, right? And uh, your most shared piece of content was uh, the announcement of a new theme and that allows me to kind of see, you know, where my competitors stand on sharing content, their social, um, you know, their social recognition, their emphasis on social and allows me to see what that top shared content is, right? What did their audience see the most of? And, and you and I had spoken about this in the, in the previous non-recorded version 
uh, was the social element was something that you were hoping to dig your heels into this year. Um, still the same kind of strategy for you uh, since we last talked? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, I, I, I don't feel like I, I can definitely, I can definitely trace purchases back and say that maybe in the whole lifespan of my business, I've had a handful or less of purchases from my social profiles. So that has not been a very successful strategy, uh, like direct sales strategy for me. Um, but I think, but I think especially Twitter has been incredibly important for networking um, with the wider WordPress community. And there's loads of room for overall brand awareness and stuff to happen on that front. Um, I mean, I, I, that's how I met you, for instance. Sure. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, I definitely think, you know, the, the one that happened to be top happened to be my last my last release, right? So it's the reason it's been shared the most is probably just a function of the fact that over time my networking community grows, and therefore when I do make a big release, there's a few more people sharing it. Um, but at the end of the day, the numbers are still pretty low, um, you know. Yeah, yeah. Again, it's one of those things that I, whenever I go speak anywhere, and, and no matter what business folks are in, they they always ask like, you know, what's your most, uh, you know, favorite social media outlet like where have you seen the most return on investment and i always say one it's super hard to really relate return on investment but i do know how i i do i can i can say with concrete evidence that twitter has been the number one for me um mm -hmm. and i'm i'm sure a lot of us uh in the wordpress space or or the digital space in general um like i can count you know probably $200,000 worth of business of client services business uh, within the last couple of years, just from just from connections that I've made on Twitter, uh, you know, and stuff that wasn't, you know, wasn't in person. It was a, a friend of a friend or somebody that I was really. I, I can I know of a f at least fifty thousand dollars worth of business from clients that I was on a similar webinar with, and we were just tweeting the same hashtag, and we just had a little back and forth and then like a week later somebody was like hey you you were that wordpress guy that i talked to on that webinar have you ever seen this problem before or whatever and yeah sure shoot me a link i'll take a look at it and you know the evergreen effect of finally uh, selling that person on on custom services and then them referring somebody else to me for custom services and because a lot of people are marketers they're like hey i'm doing another web project can your team pick it up for me um i have concrete evidence that twitter has been the number one uh, uh, best uh, for the ROI, right? In my case, for social, and uh, I, it's I still continue to invest in, in Twitter, no matter what the stock says, uh, <laughs> no matter how much I'm losing in the stock, it's still the number one uh, business gain for me. Uh, I think, well, I think probably to some degree, your most successful one will be the one in which you engage most directly yeah. and regularly with people. True, um, very true. Because at the end of the day, it all comes like the reason that guy approached you is because you were approachable, and that was because he'd had a chat with you about something com completely unrelated, or at least somewhat unrelated mm -hmm. to the problem he had. And I think that's a big part of it. Is you know that's a it's a good place where you can sort of develop relationships with people that can have later monetary gains or impact. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. 
Uh, and there it is, folks, in six uh, simple steps, which took about 45 minutes to discuss. <laughs> it can really be done in about 10 minutes once you're doing it on your own. Uh, it's just a quick, easy way to reverse engineer either your competitor or you're doing market research for your own customer, um, doing re marketing research for um, some kind of content marketing uh, agenda that you have. And by sort of funneling all this into my concept of a competitor board, it's a great way to keep tabs uh, on, on the market. And you can go back, uh, if you have a marketing team or a sales team, you can kind of say, okay, I've got this archive of people that I've researched. Let's, let's use their ideas for marketing and let's create a, a different spin on either restaurants or a different spin on plugins or whatever it might be. Um, you know, and go back and use that as a resource. That way you have some ground uh, to stand on because content marketing, marketing in general, is super difficult. And having this sort of baseline, this archive of data um, that you have to kind of manually build yourself will certainly help uh, when you're stuck, right? When you're, what kind of blog post do I have to do today? Or you know, I'm thinking about re redoing our own site. You know, what, what are my competitors doing? What did my competitors do six months ago? And, you know, like in, in the example of Nate, he's saying that he doesn't like his site. Well, maybe in six months, if I go back and I see a freshly designed site, I can kind of compare the old data to the new data and see what's been working for him. Um, so a great way to kind of keep tabs on that kind of stuff. Nate, it's been a pleasure for you sort of standing up and allowing uh, <laughs> allowing yourself to be the guinea pig uh, for my audience. I really appreciate it. Plug away. Where can people send you gobs of money uh, to give you? Uh, gobs of money, you can you can buy my product <laughs> on uh, themeofthecrop.com. Um, I also got a set of free plugins, which I love it when people use even if they don't buy something. Um, so, so check that out if you're doing anything related to restaurants. Um, on Twitter, you can catch me at NateWR, uh, and I'm on there too often, so you'll definitely catch me there. Yep, and you can uh, certainly go check out all that stuff. Send him gobs of money, purchase his products, um, ch check out his plugins, of course, and leave, it a, leave a good five-star review uh, in WordPress.org under his profile. Speaking of five stars, if you've been enjoying the show, the upcoming web series is going to be great. Leave a five-star review over on iTunes for myself. That would be amazing. Um, you don't even have to leave a review. You can just hover over the fifth star, click it, and that's all you have to do. But if you want to leave a review, let me know how I'm doing, uh, good or bad. I'll take anything, really. Uh, somebody said that uh, my show has become more of like a broadcast, uh, but <laughs> I don't think so. Um, go ahead and leave your your uh, feedback over in iTunes. Uh, we're on SoundCloud. We're on Stitcher. We're on YouTube. We're at maritport.com slash subscribe. Join the mailing list. Till next time, everybody, thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the flip side. Thanks. Beautiful, sir. Beautiful. <laughs>